Good morning, good Welcome to See What Sticks. We've got Tate McDaniel at the table. We've Hello. got Sterno DeLongdicka. And I am Dr. Charles Theodore, because you can buy anything on the internet. We're recording live. Well, we're live. You're hearing the recording at Nash Vegas. And this is a show where we throw shit against the wall because we're trying to see what sticks. Yeah. So, um, actually, I totally forgot to do this. Do, do we have any straws for this right now? Nash Vegas. Uh, they really Nash Vegas. They have to be paper straws. Oh, and, I'm uh, suck at the paper straws. Good call. Good call. Yeah. Amazon yeah. hadn't shipped me the paper straws yet, and I haven't been to Animal Kingdom in loot. So, yeah. Sucks. Yeah, yeah, we're behind the times on that. Amazon, a company we love. That's true. I oh, need them. Love it. I need them to buy the Amazon since it's on fire currently. We could roast wieners. Uh, mine is not big enough to really roast. I got to be honest. No, I would have to be too close to the fire. Right. Right. In okay. order to get it roasted, the rest of me would be. Kind yeah. Of... The rest of my person would be a. Yeah. So um, I guess we need to start. I have, I have just a topic that is mysterious, but I don't think we can start mysterious because well, let's face it. But I do have a quick question. So, uh, I love whose line is it? Good, so, good show. It's quality, yeah. it's quality. The the old the old one I prefer, which is Carrie uh, towards the end. Older one, older with Clive. Clive. Yeah, was even funnier. Um, the one with Diane Sherry Carter, I think it's Diane Sherry. I don't know that one. I watch it, but I like sometimes. I think she was wonderful in other stuff, but. Who is Aisha? I don't know either. Okay. All right. You know, if I had my computer right in front of me, I probably would. You guys know way too many variations of whose line it is anyway. Clive is classic. Clive. The original dude. I think you guys are dating yourself a bit. He's funny. Like, he did, he would do political humor in the movie. So he'd just shoot this political cat guy that was like, that's what was going on in Thatcher Britain at the time. Okay. It was all just funny. So, um, so in that, uh, um, of course, the Star season is going to have one of my favorite couples on there for probably the next few couples on there since we're not on there. So one of my favorites that they asked on the show was, things you can say to your dog, but you can't say to your wife. Come lick this peanut butter off my dick. <laughs> Definitely number one. Anything with peanut butter in your genitalia. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What do you got, Sam? Ooh. Uh, taints, taints the winner in the house right now. See if you can top that. I don't think I can top that. There's pretty much nothing I would say to my dog that I wouldn't say to my wife. I mean, i got to be honest with you. Um, I think it's audience-specific, though. So, yeah, I don't know if I have anything for that. Um, let me – what do you have? And, and, and I'll, I'll try to ponder. About uh, fucking stay outside. You're getting on my nerves. No, 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 no. I think he's got one and two. No, like I've I've done that before. Right I have done that before. I need you to fucking go away. Like uh-huh. I have it. I need you to leave here for a, <laughs> an amount of time. So now I've done that with my wife. See, that's my issue. Is that I get to the point where I'm like, I'm gonna say something you're not gonna like and not feel bad about it. See, my favorite is I could say to my wife, "Do you want a treat?" And the dog is really happy. Say it to my wife. Does it? They look happy. See, mm-hmm. I feel like I just asked that in a different way. You know. And and since we've been married so long, like I know my wife so well that I'll just look at her and be like, "You hungry?" 
or tired? <laughs> Do you need a nap? <laughs> or my favorite is, have you taken your medicine? That's my favorite. Yeah. That's my favorite. I think they should make all those medicines suppositories. No, I don't think I want to go there. You mean that all medicine is not a suppository? Turns out no. Yeah. You know, out. some of it, if you crunch it up and snort it, it works way better. Yeah. I, I saw that in a CSI magazine. <laughs> then it's got to be true. Yeah, totally. Definitely. <laughs> so, since Tate won that one so handily, um, how about uh, a del- deleted scene from Toy Story 4? I've got one. <laughs> <laughs> Woody and Buzz are trapped in Mom and Dad's room. They go to hide and drink and suddenly find adult Toy Story 1. Woody nice. and Buzz. Woody and Buzz. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. I, I keep flashing back on the Jesse gangbang. That's pretty much all I have for the oh. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I've seen that. I don't think that, uh, you know... Must be one of the outtakes. You got to stick around for the end credits for that. Yes, team, yes. <laughs> huh. I haven't seen Toy Story four yet, and my the wife has said she does not want to see it. Really? She, she had it's a closed chapter. She, oh, she finished on number three, which it was a good ending. So I'm a little skeptical, but I still want do want to see it. Wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it. Just okay. you know, it had some good moments. Yeah. And then- Right, uh, funny. Right, right. You don't know that I've been doing my job for twenty years. I don't have <laughs> emotions anymore. Uh, do you have another? Um, uh, I'm skimming this thing. Uh, how about uh, bad high school cheerleaders cheers? Gosh, give me a dick. <laughs> the whole football team shows up for that. I always wonder what the like the Gamecocks, what their cheer is. You mm-hmm. know, go Cox, go Cox. You know, like what what, and you have to revel in that. I don't have a bad high school cheerleaders cheer because they're all pretty much standard. You know, and they're all pretty bad. And they're all terrible. I mean, they really are. They in no way get you hyped up for the game. But at my freshman year, uh, pep rally. How about give me a B? They dropped this chick four times. Oh, like and she was the flyer, and they dropped her four times. Oh, it was brutal to watch. You know what? Uh, what one of the things I actually learned this morning when I was watching this Texas, a judge said that cheerleading was not a sport. I'm like, you're absolutely right. There's so much there. Not only is it a sport, it is the sport with the highest rate of injury. True. Yes. Especially concussions. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was convinced it was a sport when she got up the fourth time. Oh, I needed a straw. You probably do need a straw. <laughs> you get those alligators to snatch one of those things. Get some in your beard. Yeah, when they dropped her the, the when they dropped her the second or third time, and she kept getting up, I was like, "This is a sport. That chick is way tougher than." Yes, yeah, she is. I'm pretty sure she broke her arm. Like it was, it was rough to say the least. So, um, last time we went that way, I think kind of mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's go with the twelve. Go however. That's fine. That's fine. I can right. go first. What you, you got? At, you're at twelve o'clock. All right. So I have three topics, obviously. Um. Two of them are sort of serious. One of them is not. So since we kind of did the, the non-serious one with uh, with Charles Theodore over there, so the serious one. Doctor. Doctor. My, uh, my apologies. On the the University of the Phoenix does not count as a doctoral <laughs> program. I just want to point that out. Uh, so I'm going to go with uh, pay equity in sports. This has been a huge topic uh, mm. as of late. And um, this is one of those discussions 
you know, various sort of shades of this discussion do I have with my wife at different times? And her argument, of course, ridiculous. But I wanted to know what your all's feelings are on pay equity sports. Is this uh, in light of the U.S. women's national soccer team makes less than the men and are wildly more successful? Yes. Yes, absolutely. But I think there's a broader argument to be had there. And I think there are parts of the uh, argument that we're just not having. Broader. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your all's thoughts? Uh, and, and, and again, not specific to the U.S. women because that is an exception to they obviously should make more money than the men. There, there are things in sports that I think are inequitable for reasons I do not want to get into. Women play three. Uh, just didn't know we're in the U.S. Open. Right yes, yep. Yep. Um, the women play three subs. The men play five. The women, they, they are as athletic. Sure. The fact that they're not playing five or that they're bringing I can see where they're setting up the argument mm-hmm. they have, which is it's it's horseshit. Sure. Um, but then there are um, what what they call the non-revenue sports, where um, like you know uh, start fingers with big toes. It'll be a topic for another week. Yeah. Um, and then which then makes me go. Which then makes me go to all sports are good. Which then makes me go to pro athletes are just you know they're gladiators or they're just sacrificing. But I'm not trying. We've fallen down the rabbit hole here. Yes. yes. <laughs> it's because of my doctorate. Um, I link things here. Um, so like there, there's, I, I think to not make it equal, okay. But basically, equal pay for equal work, I think, is, is a huge, 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 huge step. But then you've got stuff like the WNBA versus NFL. Well, why don't we pay a base pay that is equal and then incentivize other things? Men and women, U.S. national teams, you earn equal pay. However, for every round you advance in the whatever tournament it is, however many – TVs turn on, however, and, and incentivize that. I want a Rose Lavelle jersey. I do not want a Pulisic jersey. I want a Lavelle jersey. I guess my thoughts on it are you remove the exception of the U.S. women's national team because, okay. again, obviously they deserve to be paid more. They are the best team in the world. They handled everybody. There's an economic argument. There is. The higher quality product throughout sports is the male product. It just is. They're better. And, you know, in our system, they is get it, paid more. Is it they're better or they've been doing it longer? I don't know that we can separate the two at this point. I mean, economics doesn't look at experience as a factor in pay, you know, necessarily. You know, this is the better product is, you know. Like the, the NBA versus the WNBA. Or, yeah. Or, you know, For instance. Yeah. Well, but, like, I, I can't stand to watch NBA. I'm not a big. I never have been a big and, NBA fan. And the NFL is turning me off right now. Like I just don't want to watch it. That doesn't mean I'm sitting there going, "Can't wait to watch that Roger and Bowl or anything like that." Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, but if like, you watch the highlights of a sport, to watch the pinnacle of a sport, you're going to watch the male because they do things sometimes. And you look at them and you go, "There's no chance on earth 
that I could ever do that because that person can do it. I don't see the NBA as the pinnacle of the sport. It's part of the problem. I see it as uh, star-driven games. And it's, oh, it's been sure. that way for a long, sure. long, long, long sure. time. And I think that's part of the reason I'm turned off to it. Sure. Because, you know, I go and, you know, people go by a playground and watch a kid play, and they're emulating a GBA game that is a walk or uh, a carry or, you know, something like that. Been there, almost got into a fight over it. Yeah. And it's, it's you know, it, to me, that's it's more of a watered-down version. Uh, it, it's a gladiator. Let's make it stylized and beautiful instead sure. of... And, your, and que- <clears throat> your question ignores the fundamental fact that men and women are completely the same and that society and the way we socialize women is the only reason they're different. See, it's in sarcasm. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You were so dry on that. Yeah, you were. I, I specialize in dry. Sure. But that's, that's my issue. Whether we view oh, it as yeah, the pinnacle or not. That's right. You know, head to head, you know, head to head, men will beat women still. That gap is closing. Several of us here are runners, and we look at the time, and the, the women are, they're closing the gap on men, you know, and there are women who kick some of our butt all the time, yeah. and I am not the least bit embarrassed about that. I'm like, you know, hey, well, it's, it's she like, whooped my butt, you know, she's like, faster than I am. When we played that, uh, in that soccer league together, and that little chick, like, oh, yeah. megged me every single time, <laughs> every time. I was like, oh, well. But I guess, I guess my argument is it's an economic who do people want to pay to see consistently? Well, and that's where you give equal pay for equal work, but incentivize the economic aspect of it. Right. And that, and that's my issue with pay equity across the board. As far as, like, if, if we want to talk both sports and pay equity there, it boggles my mind that the players don't see the rich white men running all the sports. They just don't see it. I think they do. You know, there was a discussion recently by Draymond Green about whether or not to yeah, because they've had obviously slavery connotations to it. But you own the team. But you do you own the team. Own the people. I mean, you own the assets. You know, not necessarily the person. You know, but there there is some realization. There's more diversity than ownership. But I don't know. The pay equity thing has been irritating me for a little bit now because it's made this dead and my politics is that way. But it's a social justice thing now, and it's just you can't look at that. It's it's pure economics. Who will people pay to see this thing? And they're going to pay to see the best version of that. Uh, the arts are, you know, one of the few exceptions where you do see, I think, more pay equity mm-hmm. because they're going to pay almost as much money to see Julia Roberts as they will Denzel Washington. Well, uh, I won't pay much to see the, Julia uh, Roberts. <laughs> was up. it the X Men movies or the Hunger Games ones that Jennifer Lawrence? It came out that she was getting paid millions less, and somebody went to her and you know, said, "You know, hey, what, um, you know, what do you think about this?" And she's like, "I, I need a better agent." Right. <laughs> right. And I was like, "Boom!" You know, and and that, yeah, because at the time she was what the top grossing female. Oh yeah, I'm sure she was. I'm sure she was. Well, the root of it gets to because it's a market versus social justice argument at its core and the way that the discussion of so many things go right now all nuance is stripped Mm -hmm. you either are social justice warrior you know if you're wearing dreads that's social appropriation or cultural appropriation get out right or you're market driven 
and that's the only answer there. There needs to be some nuance. There does. There absolutely needs to be some nuance. I completely agree with that. Um, but it just, I don't know, it's been an interesting discussion. And like uh, like you said, I mean, it's either you're on one side or you're on the other side. you got to look at the middle ground. And, that, and that's true with quite a bit of things. Oh, man. We live in a, we live in a different world right now. We do. So, Taint, what do you got? All right, so... I've been doing a lot of thought lately and, and trying to practice about cultivating authentic relationships kind of in a reaction. Sorry, I was totally daydreaming. Uh-huh. You start over. So, like, <laughs> I, in my brain, I went to Tim Daniel and then went to this, like, high noon thing and started hearing spaghetti western. Okay, okay. And I get that a lot with, so with my I'm, name. I'm really so... sorry. Like, that's why I looked at you and said, <laughs> look of fear in my eyes. Oh, crap. He, he may not contact with me. Am I supposed to respond? <laughs> Okay, well, authentic relationships. Um, it's kind of the same thing where, you know, turn off your TV, get off of Twitter, stop yelling at people because everyone lines up behind one political party or another, and go out and talk to someone you don't know. And I was having this thought a couple weeks ago, and the funny thing that happened was I was in a park in Nash Vegas. And I was with some friends, and there was a uh, picnic table. There was one stranger sitting at the picnic table. There was no other place to sit around. So I asked, hey, can I sit here? And I sat down, and other people sat with me. This bitch that was sitting there dominated every conversation. I wanted to talk to my friends some. We sat there for like an hour. She would not shut the fuck up. (laughs) So... In my high and mighty turn off your TV and Twitter and go talk to people, I was severely disappointed. What do you all think about interacting with strangers and other people and getting different points of view? I interact with strangers a lot. Um, mainly because, like, you know, we were talking about running a minute ago. Like, when I'm not running, I'm a social butterfly. It's true. Yeah, like, I make friends with whoever I'm whether they want to be friends or not. So I'm probably that lame. You're aggressive. Friend, <laughs> he is. Friends. He is. He says hi to everyone. <laughs> and on a bike, too, by the way. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Like we're doing 22 miles per hour. Afternoon. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just Mr. Ryan. But do you ever regret it? Um, so I had a conversation with a, a dude this week, and there was a jarring moment. Is it one of us? No. Okay. All right. It was a jarring moment. It was like first time I ever talked to him. And he said, oh, I think that person over there is Jewish. Just out of the blue in the conversation. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, you know, I start looking for tattoos on him. Or, you know, yeah. Looking for a number. And, or, yeah, or either, either way. And just like, that was just part of how he processed the world. Mm. as we talk mm-hmm. i have to ask because that this is a sensitive subject for me i spent uh, all of friday night with a, a white male 60 identity politics like the first comment from his mouth is always you know he's a black guy or he's a jewish guy and i'm like i don't give a fuck what he is what well, kind of dude is he you know and, and this guy was older than me so i mean closer closer and, to the age and you're 53 right um well if we go by that email you sent out, what, eight years ago of my birthday, <laughs> I am now 73. But 
what you've aged well. <laughs> yes. Well, but you didn't factor in leap years. No, so yeah. 74. 74. <laughs> so anyway, back to your conversation. So, like, there are, it, it's negotiating, like when talking to people you don't know, it's negotiating the speed bumps. Uh, I mean, I could have just fired off at him. Dude, that's totally inappropriate. Right. You know, why would you say something like that? Um, and just, or I could have let the conversation continue, but steer it away from a judgmental sounding thing like that. So it's like, so it's what do you do? Now, there are times, so like if, you know, uh, I've been out in public and done stupid things like, you know, fall down on my person's child for being loud <laughs> or inappropriate, you know. Uh, so, like, I've walked through the grocery store and a kid was cussing out the uh, female adult victim. I was going to get his mom out. And I just was like, hey, man, that's not cool to talk to your mom like that. And that's all I said. And I just kept going. Totally inflames the way the kid down. And said, you know, talk to my child that way. And I said, I didn't say anything bad. I just said, you know. Did you say, bitch, fight me? No, no. No, she can say that. Yeah. I, I'm a doctor. I don't I don't go to fisticuffs. Sure. You know, like it's more of a slap fight. Yeah. Well, well I, I have this kind of, uh, there's a, a dichotomy that goes along with this theme. There was a guy that I met. He was doing some work at my house. Absolutely loved this guy. We got along really cool. We became friends on Facebook. He posts aggressive things um, in contrast to much of my political beliefs constantly, and I find them very misinformed and silly. can't stand him digitally. In person, love him. Mm-hmm. And I call those people relatives. <laughs> <laughs> They're your holiday funeral people. Yeah. yeah. Hey, somebody died. Hey, it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. I'll see you again in four months. <laughs> I just don't... Uh, as so much of our life is digitized, I have recently basically gotten off Twitter yeah. and no longer watch the news in the morning, and my life is better for it. So there, it, this speaks to the polarization you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. With people, in order to be civil, we have to negotiate conversational landmines now, and that's what you had to do with that guy. That's what you had to do with that lady. Now, she may not have been, you know, been being offensive wasn't being but offensive. Just she just wouldn't shut the fuck right, up. Right, And then you found yourself in a conversation, and you're like, fuck, say something. Yes. Um, but. That's why I let, like, there's some people that I work with that think I'm on the spectrum, because I'll just <laughs> walk away in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> and so I found out, I don't know, six months after I'd started doing this, that that there was a rumor going around that I was Izzy on the spectrum. And I've just chosen <laughs> not to correct <laughs> I think, um, you know, I, when I, I, I taught a class, it was political science, and we would always talk about why people don't vote and why people don't join the party. And there's a Bowling Alone, it's an article and a book by a guy named Robert Putnam, and it was written in 2000. And this guy basically, he wrote this long, you know, article about how we don't interact with one another. And this is in 2000, 20 years ago, oh. before Facebook, Twitter, Instagram before we all smartphones. forgot how to talk to one before, another. Or, hey, I, I have five seconds that I'm not doing anything. I better check my phone. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think some of it is like even the ages that we are now, 
we were in the generation where this guy, you know, as a social scientist, was like, look, this is already starting to happen. Then as Dr. Charles Theodore checks his phone over there while I'm you know, pontificating. No, I realized I hadn't silenced my phone. So oh, good call. Unprofessional. Um, so hey, this this was going to happen. You know, I'm a doctor. Right? I should have an intern or an assistant over here monitoring that That's thing. Fair. Preferably one in a short skirt. Um, his name will be Mike. That's true. Yes. But we've fallen into this. You know, this is our fault. But now, even when you go out on a limb, you know, and try to bring people in, like we don't know how to extricate us ourselves from that conversation. Oh, I think Mike would be confusing because I got a mic in front of me that I have to pay attention to. So if I have an intern named Mike, I totally would be lost. I think we're going Dave. Dave. Dave's, 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 Dave's a solid know, dude. Name. But I know that's a good Dave's. movie. Yeah, it's a good movie. That is a great movie. one of my favorites. Low key good movie. Yeah, but I think that's our problem. Uh, I've been in many conversations with other adults. They just start talking, and I'm like, <laughs> "I call this meetings." <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Don't get me started on meetings. <laughs> Not at all. You know, we need to have a meeting about the meeting that we're going to have right. to plan the other meeting, which we have all set in a meeting about a meeting. We don't know have. anything yet, but when yes. we do, we'll send an email. That's right. And why are we here? And we'll send an email about the meeting. Right. It's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I, I think you know. The three of us are social. Me in particular, a condition thing. In, in some environments, I'm super social. In others, I, I kind of turn back to my white trash roots and eyeball everybody like I might want to fight them. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a weird situation to be in at this time. You know? well, we have been in a situation where you've almost had to pull your white trash roots out because I was being super social with the bikers. Oh, that's true. Uh, that's true. Nice. Yeah, we about got our ass whooped uh, by highway <laughs> and what's the other dude's um, name? I want to call him Roadkill. That's probably not what his name was. <laughs> that's what, I think that's what happened. Yeah, that's what happened to one him. Of them had and I think died. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I think also what's strange, I didn't grow up with digitized stuff. Neither did you guys. No. And there are generations that that's not true. Mm-hmm. There's people that, you know, the the older people don't necessarily adapt very quickly to that. People like us, we're not native users, but it's very easy and we do the stuff. Then the younger generations, everything's just digital. I think our generation is about experimentation because so much was changing so quickly yes. as we were growing up. True. And it's impacted the way we socialize, but we still have some of those skills. We saw our parents socializing, you know, outside of electronics. But, you know, like my kids, less so. And then the kids that I have now, you know, my profession, just don't know how to talk to them. Well, it's like, Facebook is the app for old people. Oh, true. That's um, true. Which we all are on Facebook. Of course. Um, but, like, I have friends on Facebook that'll be like, well, hey, did you see my post? Well, no, I check it maybe once every two or three days. You know, I have some stuff that auto-posts, which I'm okay with. Right. But I don't go in and peruse stuff like that. And, like, you can, you know how to do, like, a timestamp? I've finished typing something and had a like or a share or something pop up before I have time to close the app, which baffles me that you would be that involved in what you're in that moment. Well, it's, it hits their feed right when you post. So, I don't do a good enough job of reaching out. That's strange. I just don't. Uh, in public, if I'm not around people I'm comfortable, I, I kind of adopt a don't look at me, don't talk to me response. Yeah. Which is completely at the opposite of what I am at work. I mean, it's amazing. But I don't 
know, that's I fall back on my roots at that point. And it has nothing to do with like, you know, my phone or anything, it's just where I grew up, you know. Like some of these motherfuckers want, might want to fight me. <laughs> so I might. You know, I mean like I'm eyeballing everybody, you know? yeah. So I don't know. It's it's definitely a unique situation. I can talk to everybody. I can talk yes. to anybody about anything. I just yeah. don't always want to. Yeah, you can. I'm awfully social and can make friends very easily, but sometimes I just want to chill and listen. Yeah. Well, and then there's also, like, I also use that ability for evil um, sometimes. So, like, if I realize someone is uncomfortable talking to me, I will extend <laughs> the conversation purposefully. I've seen you do that. <laughs> and then when I finally let them go, I walk away laughing. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. I think I've rescued a few people from you. Yeah. <laughs> I had a dude I worked with last year. Uh, well, two guys. So there's three of us. We all uh, always sit around and talk in, in break time. And uh, one, <laughs> I'll give this guy a fake name to give him anonymity. His name is Mac. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, we have another friend. We'll call him Joe. In uh, Joe is very opinionated and does evil techniques that he can get killed by. And so we'd be sitting there and, and talking, and then he would turn to Joe, say something to get Joe going, and then look at his watch and walk away. And then you're trapped. And I would, I would just be like, so that became our game. What can we say to get the other one trapped? Because Joe would follow you and keep talking about what was happening. So it turned into a game. But Max Ah, oh, no. shame, oh, man. We need to get Joe in the room and put him on speakerphone with Max. <laughs> <laughs> that needs to be your plan. I'll FaceTime him. There you go. Go. There you go. Do it. Do it. Are we ready? Yeah, Dr. Do Dr. Dr. Chuck. Dr. Chuck. Dr. What Chuck. you got? Okay. Um, I have a semi-serious one. Uh, so, uh, as you all know, I hate the fact that we're in party system and I have all these crazy radical ideas that if I'm ever in power I, I'll, I'll probably be assassinated I'm okay with that um, but uh, so this dawned on me this morning in the shower because you know what you're going to think about this in the shower shower thoughts did already pull the plug yeah uh, that's five minutes of his day yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're so funny you count the cleanup you gotta count the cleanup oh gotcha yeah yeah, you got to count the clean up. I'm in an Um, what is the biggest political mistake you think the two major parties have done for their party in the lifetime of the two major parties? In, Ooh, in my lifetime. Okay, so in your lifetime, do we have to pick a specific event, or can it be so, a general, like philosophical? Thing? I think I think it I can think be any. I'll give you an example. Okay. Me for the Republican Party. I think at the end of George Bush's Donald Bush, Trump. George W. Bush. W. No, I think this is worse than, than the Trump Okay. Okay. Um, towards the end of... Wrong. Sorry. <laughs> towards the end of his presidency, uh, I think they had a, a really good chance of winning over the Hispanic vote forever because um, it, the Hispanic vote, vote off of... I've been reading a lot about this stuff lately. Uh, it's very similar to the flyover states vote, where people will vote party, not issue. Mm -hmm. um, 
and things like that. And I think they had a, an excellent chance to deal with the legalization problems that are still being thrown up in a lot of spaces for absolutely no reason. Um, I think they could have dealt with it, done maybe some amnesty or, or things like that then, and I think they would have locked in that vote for a long, long time. I, to the point that I think you probably wouldn't have had any more presidents. Wow. And I'm okay with even Donald Trump being president. I didn't vote for him. I voted independent both times because I'm trying to get a third party in on this national debate. But I, I think that was a huge misfire by by their strategist whatever. So <laughs> coming back to you, I'm going to say one more thing. No, 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 no. I've I've run the run the course on that particular joke. I think that while I do agree that that was a mistake, I'm not sure they were actually positioned to take advantage of it at that time. Because at that point, they had already shifted to vilifying particular groups. Remember, the reason that he won against John Kerry was really about, like, gay rights. So they already oh, yeah. they had already moved on. They dug up the gay marriage issue oh, my God. for that particular genius. No, Scooter um, no. Libby is the dude who this is Rove. Oh, no, no. Carl Rove. Carl Rove. Carl Rove. Sorry. So I felt like they had already sort of shifted, you know, to like extreme social conservatism by that time. Well, see, I think they could have used that issue in the Hispanic community to get that because if you look at the community, they're Catholic. Community, oh yeah, they're, they're, they they're are Catholic. They're strong religion, strong family. I think they're socially and, conservative, but I don't believe that they are necessarily fiscally conservative enough for the Republican Party. So that, that, that's a thing that, of the past, though. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Oh. Oh, yeah. That. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Budgets and deficits don't matter anymore as long as we're spending money on what we want to spend money on. But I don't know that I agree. Spending on more white people. Yeah. True. <laughs> uh, particularly rich, older white people. But I don't know if I agree that they were well positioned for that. The other issue with you know that being a gateway into more Republicans, and they didn't have anybody to follow him. There was nobody in the hopper. I mean. I actually respected John McCain at that time, and near the end of his life, you know, he regained some of my respect. Um, there was a six, seven-year period there. Where I was like, "Who are you, dude?" Um, but they didn't have anybody to follow him. I mean, McCain, you know, very respectable man, but nothing fantastic about him. He was an older guy. You know, they didn't have anybody in the hopper, um, other than of course another Bush. So I'm not sure I buy that as being their their biggest flaw, uh, or or you know, biggest. I don't know that they were well positioned to take advantage. I just think it would change the political landscape so much right now that we wouldn't have what we have. Yeah, I think it by far. would have. I just don't think that they were in a good position to take it. Well, the I think in recent memory, the the have what we have right now, the Democrats made a horrible mistake in 2015-16 with their super delegates that they have in their primary. Basically, the will of the people means nil because. The way the Democratic primary is set up, there are super delegates that have basically as much or more power than the people in the primaries. And Bernie was winning people. Nobody liked Hillary. Hillary, she's horrible. She's a horrible candidate. No one liked her. And they insisted on running her. And I think, I honestly think Bernie would have beaten Trump. I think that. I think it would have been. It may have. 
It was tight the other way. She yeah. lost about 70,000 votes yeah. in three states. I think what people wanted, it became more of a um, establishment versus outsider thing. And Bernie kind of spoke to people on that outsider. Even though he's he's been in politics a long time, his ideas are not establishment like right ideas. Now, I can't look at him as an outsider because it's hard to own a mansion and say you're a socialist. It really is for me. Like I'm like, no, this makes no sense. I think when you get into the Democrats' mistakes, there are so many that I don't even know that I can pick a specific mm-hmm. one. Like, legitimately. And, you know, my politics lean heavily that way. But I think the Democrats' biggest issue is one of basic philosophy. They lack gravitas. They lack anybody who will walk into a room and say, fuck you, this is what I think. If you don't like it, you can kiss my ass. And they shoot, <laughs> people, they shoot people down to try to do that. Because look at the, the squads' issues right now. The squad's issues aren't with the Republicans shooting at them. Mm. It's with the Democratic leadership shooting at them. Well, but some of that, I think, is just... It, Maybe I shouldn't use the term shooting. Perhaps in some... Yeah, yes. sorry. My bad. So we're going to continue to use it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I need my safe zone. <laughs> but I think some of that is just natural, because where the party is now, I mean, there is a big division between the youth who were elected, you know, the last two years, and then the older part. So I think that's probably, you know... The bigger part of that. I I actually can't see a difference. So I should have gone that. That was good. Oh, that was good. I can't believe you did that team. Oh, my God. Unprofessional. Where's intern Dave? Intern Dave? Fucking <laughs> amateurs. I don't know what to do with you people. But I, I honestly believe, philosophically, the, the Democrats' biggest problem is that they don't have any balls. Or, you know, whatever. You know? Well, oh, I, can, I can't see political a political difference between Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. They're both there to stall any idea. Any good idea. Any any idea that's any, outside the box. Any governing. Yes. Any governing. They're both there to stall that. Well, any, anything I, that... I have a huge issue anything that. That's that poli- a term limits guy. It, but I think the difference is that McConnell does it because that's part of his philosophy. He's a conservative. He believes the government should do less. And he's also an evil son of a bitch. Whereas Pelosi does it because she's afraid to lose power. But he doesn't set up a government that would do less. No. Like, well, if you look at the stuff he lets go through, well, it he, doesn't he wants less. it to do less in certain areas, but do more to aid certain types of people. Well, he's principled. He does things like Obama's... Hold on. Hold on. I refuse to let you use that word. <laughs> no, he is. He... He is blindly principled on what he believes. For instance, Obama's in his last year. He cannot possibly nominate a, a justice for the Supreme Court. I bet you dollars to donuts that if there was a vacancy on the Supreme Court and Donald Trump was on his last yeah, hour seen, of his presidency. Yeah. Like, this is totally possible. And well, God love her. Yeah. She keeps getting treatment and yeah. showing up. But if, she if he's in his last hour of his presidency, yeah. McConnell will say, absolutely, he deserves to nominate someone. Yeah. And he's principled that way, where he will blindly do whatever is good for the party. So I'm going to go back to the original question, which was Democrats' biggest mistake is one of philosophy. Stop apologizing for who you are. You are a liberal. It's not a bad thing. Just because uh, that guy over there says it is, it's not a bad thing. The word. FDR was a fucking liberal. Mayor World Pete. War II, Great Depression, that dude fixed it. 
Mayor Pete said something very similar in the last um, Democratic debate. Uh, I think it was a six-part miniseries on MSNBC and on, or on BBC. Yeah, uh, it was it was amazing. Um, now, and I will say that uh, I have a lot of conservative views. I believe liberal views out of that Democratic field. I lean towards Mayor Pete. You know, I, I like Mayor Pete. A lot of what he says makes a lot of sense. He, he uses nuance in his arguments. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's this is it. Uh, a lot of what it says to me is here's a practical solution to this issue that we have right now. To be honest, I really think some of government should be here's what we have in place to avoid running into this problem. But I don't think our government can function that. Not way. today. But we see here's but the problem is we do have those things, but they're constraining the populace rather than constraining the politician. Yes. That's what the problem is. Uh, Republicans' biggest mistake. And right now this seems like genius. And I'm gonna make an analogy here and you guys are welcome to call me a, a fucking idiot if you want to. <laughs> but the Republicans' biggest mistake is a demographic one. They are running to white people. And I've preached about this, I'm sure, to you guys. I did this with an older white male who was a relative of mine the other day. <laughs> um, we are not going to be the dominant you know, demographic group going forward. We got maybe 10, 15, 20 years. And then well, after that, we are outnumbered. Unfortunately, South Africa proved that, that is my analogy. Really long that time is my analogy. In the minority. That is my analogy. Now, However, unfortunately, you have to ditch your integrity. Well, uh, that's been taken care <laughs> you, of. You remember Mitch McConnell is in the Senate. So we're good on that part, but that was going to be my analogy. We are basically setting up at this point an apartheid system Hmm. where we're going to have this minority of white people, and maybe we've already had this, although it's going to be unique here because we're going to be the majority minority group, and they're going to be more Hispanics and Asians and African Americans than there are white people, but they're not going to have the power because of the things the Republican Party has done. So the reason it's their biggest mistake is that at some point, this is America, we're going to get pissed off. Something is going to go down. Just like it did in apartheid, just like it did in South Africa, we just, we don't have the right leader for that right now. We don't have a vocal leader to step up and say this. Because ironically, the Democratic build, Joe Biden, another rich, old white dude. They should is be he leading? He still. is leading. I think, I think he's the Hillary of this. Yeah. This well, to me, group. he, and, and I think he did a lot more when I was too young to realize. But as the vice president to Obama and anything else that I think of him now, he's vanilla ice cream. He's Uncle Joe. There's no. He's Uncle there's Joe. No, but he wasn't what is, vice president. He was Uncle Joe. What does he stand for? What's this, here's a shame thing right here. And, you know, you work in, you know, a particular field where you have curb appeal. And yeah. I know, you know, Dr. Chuck, you work in, you know, Gaga and appeal as well. Compared to Hillary, I'm a roadie for Labor. Joe Biden is a rock star. Nipples pierced and tassels? I, <laughs> I, no tassels. Nipples are pierced, though. But Joe Biden has all the personality of, you know, your best rock star compared to Hillary Clinton, which is freaking embarrassing. That's why Clinton, you know? It's like there's nothing about her that isn't bland. Well, she her politics are, well, tell me what you believe. Well, but that's what Bill ran. That's how Bill was, too. <laughs> you know, we elected him twice and would elect him tomorrow if we could, you right. know? Well, you can't because he is what Epstein's best friend. Well, they are. It seems oh, like. Hold on. Yeah, anybody, anybody at that time. I was reading some White shit White about White. just as a sidebar about the actual documents last night through all that Epstein stuff and some court documents. 
It is deep. There is some crazy shit there. Yes. Yeah. I would hate to be Prince Andrew. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, life is good to be the prince, but... Guys, what, what's going to happen to Prince Andrew? Is he not going to be rich anymore? Is he not going to be Prince Andrew? Like, come we on. might think he's a little scummy. We might think he's a little scummy, but you know, he's British royalty. Who, and do no. we not think they're a little scummy? The you know? last embarrassing royal died in a car crash in Paris. I'm just saying. Yeah, but she wasn't actually a royal. She married in. All I'm saying is the dude doesn't actually have a job, and he's fucking filthy rich. I think he's okay. Yeah, like he's okay. gonna make it. See my. My, for the question, my democratic um, snafu to ban, uh, I, I think goes way, way back, probably way, way back. And I would say it would be um, somewhere around. Andrew Jackson? <laughs> <laughs> no, he was fun. He, he partied on the He White did party. Off. He did. Um, I would say. It would be. Now, Truman technically wasn't in my lifetime. Not far off. We're going with the 73-year age that he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and here, here's what it is. Because Truman was, uh, we, we have not seen anybody on the political landscape since him for either party. Okay, carry on. You ready? Uh -huh. Wasn't a career politician. Okay. Start out from humble means. He did. No, 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 no. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. Um, he came up, even though he came up through a political machine in the Midwest. They all did at that time. Yeah, he was he was still driven by the people up there, and so when he got into the presidency, in many ways, he wasn't. I guess he wasn't ready, even though that's not the right term by any means. But he wasn't. Well, he wasn't ready because FDR basically shut him out of the White House. Um, but he wasn't in the machine. He nuked a bunch of motherfuckers too, though. He did. But he did kill some. That's true. You know. So, I don't consider that a bad thing. I don't consider it a good thing. I don't consider it a bad. Thing. So, are you saying the Truman presidency itself is the biggest mistake the Democrats <laughs> made? No, no. I'm, I'm saying. I'm saying how he or nuking became, a motherfucker. How he got up through the ranks to get to the presidency was abnormal because mm. of his background. And we don't because now you have to be Ivy League educated, multimillionaire, white, except for Obama is the the anomaly there. But he but, is well, his pedigree but, but he had let's that face it, out of other, all other than white, Obama is not the exception. No, he has the yeah, pedigree. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. He, you know, and so it's like it's, it's, yeah, it's that pedigree thing. It's like, you know, so the ruling elite, which was established by the Electoral College long, long, long ago, because um, I'm against the Electoral College. I used to be for it, and then I was like, hmm. See, here's my problem. Democrats only bitch about the Electoral College when we don't win. Oh, yeah. But we're always the ones. And y'all won Bush, Bush versus Clinton. We'd be fine with it. Be we're always the ones that, that win the, the popular vote and lose. Yeah. So it seems a little fishy. It's a lot self-serving. So I don't know if I agree with all the assertions about Mr. Truman. I do think that he was a man of the people. He was involved in politics a little more than I think maybe you're aware of. But the political machine thing, that was everybody. I mean, you could not get elected without the political machine. 
Um, but you are right in that we moved away from electing people like him. I mean, the next Democrat we elected after Truman, JFK. Yeah. Like, really? Like, yeah. if you're talking about a pedigree, yeah. he's the dude who fits the mold. You know? Oh, yeah. I well, mean, well, and, and the stat page but, away years but we did have Carter, and Carter's a little different. You know, yeah. I know he was involved in politics, but he was the governor of Georgia, you know? I mean, yeah. so Carter's a little bit different. Clinton? I, the thing about Carter's presidency that's most outstanding is his post-presidency. Mm-hmm. Everything he did there, like, I think he's like, here's what you do as a seminary, sorry. Uh, Unprofessional. Everything you do is basically what you said your core beliefs were. Service, service. Yeah, yeah. I want to help Which people. Is his core belief. And and I don't. I've not looked into the Carter presidency a whole lot, but it seems to me like Carter was ahead of his time too. Like, yes. Like yeah. He, yeah, there was a lot. Of there was stuff. a lot of stuff that was just not politically palatable at that time. Um, he was a man out of his own time. Uh, he yeah. was not strong enough for the Cold War warrior that we need that's why reagan mopped the floor but but the fact that you know he said hey we're gonna have to struggle a little bit you're gonna have to suck it up you know but for like a guy from georgia well, it's pretty normal you live in georgia like who wants to live in georgia you know <laughs> but started as a prison colony but it i think while i disagree with truman we have throughout the past 60 70 years we've elected people that are outside truman carter clinton um, and even Obama, to a certain extent. I mean, he was a senator for, like, what, six months? You know, and then we're like, oh. He came and gave a hell of a speech, yeah. and then we're like, oh, he's next. Yeah. Next. So, I mean, you, you are right in the sense that when we get away from that type of person, we lose. We lose fucking Trump, you know? Well, um, or Bush. Who's, who's the guy that Bucktards. had the barbaric yacht that we made so much fun of you, during the You just use a word that I don't understand. Oh, oh it's Howard Carville. Dean. No, it was no. Howard Dean. Wait, Howard oh, Dean. you said Clinton. Didn't he say Clinton? Yeah, he ran against Clinton for crime. Howard Dean did? Yeah. He ran in 08 against Kerry. He's the one who had the microphone slip. Uh, uh, the that's one that not, the, the guy that went, Woo! Yeah. We're going to go to Georgia. We're going to go to Minnesota. See, I remember it was Clinton. Maybe I'm, you know. Pretty sure it was 08, bro. I think he was. I don't think I've had enough caffeine. He may have been running against Kerry. Is that what you? Yeah, said? I think it was Kerry in a way. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I think he was the guy mm-hmm. that, like, the fact that the Democrats didn't go, hell yeah, he's fired up. This is that is ridiculous. He yelled, so we don't like him anymore. Yeah. Well, he yelled, and there was a swear to you. Uh, and Jay Leno had it like in the can yes. to make fun of it. My understanding is he yelled, but there was also an issue with like a microphone that made it sound even you know, odder than it should have, and that that's one of the reasons why it sunk him. I do not understand microphones. No, that's true. <laughs> that is the weakest. But he was also a Democrat from Vermont or New Hampshire or some really, really small mm-hmm. state. So Way up small New England. Yeah. But he was, uh, he was getting a lot of, of well, popularity. Just, yeah. You just get a running mate like if he picked up somebody from Alaska. That's true. Totally been mocked. That's true. That's true. But I think your point is we need outsiders. We need people. But the other thing about uh, the other thing about all those candidates that we've named, Truman, Clinton, Carter, where are they from? Deep South. Well, and Deep South and Midwest. The Aaron. Excuse me. Our agrarian. Our agrarian center. 
that does not exist. Well, they're not from what could be called like the snobby northeast. You know, they're not the prototype of JFK or John Kerry or Hillary Clinton. So, but I think that's a good point. You know, Truman has been interesting. That brings working. That's right. Phoenix, yeah. Phoenix, Every Phoenix night. served you well. I have Every to piss night. really bad, but we're not going to stop. We're just going to keep going. You all can even keep going if you want. I'm just going to go piss. Well, I think we're ready for a new topic. We unless are. we want to. So, or, or, or we can talk about how Taint has a very tiny, tiny black. Well, I think that Taint is ready for you to check his prostate for you. So I'm going to need you to go ahead and go to the bathroom with Taint and check his prostate. I can look at <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that, hold, hold on. I lost my watch. <laughs> You gotta do it with the opposite hand, man. You don't do it with your dominant hand. And so now we're gonna do random search. I I used to think I was indecisive, but now I'm not sure. Not too sure. There you go. There you go. That was the uh, the Phoenix doctor there helping you read. <laughs> oh, hold on. May the force of evil become confused on the way to your house. Stupid, it doesn't make sense because it's a force. Oh, oh. so um, somebody tried to say some deep stuff and failed. Yeah, totally failed. So we'll get off the meme search. You know, what we need to do one day, and, and I will I will broach this as a topic. Um, we will do the, the American way of life versus versus European way of life, and I have some very specific thoughts about both uh, with regard to how much we work how we handle stress, uh, vacation time, our life expectancy, our diet. So um, I've got, and I was talking to David. That was like Austin Powers. You should be really happy about that. When you pee that much, it means your prostate. Yeah, we were going to yeah. send Dr. Chucky to check uh, your well, prostate. I've been told I have a large prostate, not enlarged, just it's large. Oh. I won't tell you how I know that. I think we all know. <laughs> yeah. Some, so, some nursing student somewhere is really upset. That's right. We were talking about um, the failure of the U.S. Uh, US soccer. Oh, yeah. And I was discussing um, with a group of men. kids. Men, yeah. Well, U.S. soccer. But mm-hmm. We can do that as a topic one day, too, because we all have a lot of roots oh, in oh, that yeah. system. Yep. And I was talking about how what would have happened to if in the 70s we had done a push and put fields in the inner city. I said, mm. some of our best athletes in the U.S. playing soccer. And the Hard United disagree. States. I'll tell you why. <laughs> I grew up in the inner city, and when we didn't have a basketball rim, I'm not making this shit up, we would cut the bottom out of a milk crate, mm-hmm. or, this is legit, and you can imagine this, we played basketball on a stop sign. Oh, yeah. So... We found ways to do what we wanted. I don't think society was ready at that point. Having said that, one of the things that I would love to do if I ever have time and money is in Europe, all across the cities, they have like basically what are futsal courts, mm-hmm. just tucked everywhere. Uh, Nash Vegas has begun begun a little bit of that. Really? Yes. Okay. There's an adult futsal league that I would never play in. Oh God, I'll never play in that thing. The skill level is just beyond it's, us. It's ridiculous. Yeah, the skill level is beyond us. That's that's my issue with it, but. That's the kind of thing, because, you know, the kids that I get, you know, in my job, a lot of them are from, you know, Africa or, you know, Hispanic countries of some sort. That's their heritage. They want to play, you know, but they can't. I have kids that come to my school 
35 minutes away, and then they go play competitive soccer in Spencer County because they mm. can't afford to play in Las Vegas. Mm. So it's, it's crazy. And you know I love soccer anyway. Yeah. Are we ready for our next topic? Yeah. Sure. All right. So what I have is, and there are this is a two-sided topic, so two different answers. It's fashion faux pas. And what I'd like is your own worst personal fashion faux, faux pas, like the, the most embarrassing shit you ever did. And then I'd like your own like societal fashion faux pas. What do you think is the worst thing that we have done as a society with fashion? And I'll start, and I think I've already told you guys this, but in like 1988, I had a rat tail. Like a legit <laughs> proper rat tail. Nice. But again, some of that goes back to where I grew up. You know, grew up downtown, you were white trash, you had a rat tail. It was a thing, you know? Now, it was not epic. It never got quite as nice and as long and as curly as some of the ones that I've seen, but I had a rat tail. I think of, now I, I did rock a mullet probably about the same time. I was actually looking at a yearbook, and all the dudes that had mullets were like the dudes who liked rock and roll. Okay. That was me. It was a thing then. And I, you know, for some reason, this popped into my mind. I went to college at a place that was very preppy. Um, and I had this, I like went shopping with my parents for some clothes before. And I had this like purple t-shirt that had maybe Wile E. Coyote on it or something. And like took that up there. And then I know I'm like, why the, I would never fucking wear this here. What am I doing? And I, I had no awareness in fashion until much later in I think your awareness in fashion comes when you just decide you don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, I'm going to wear what I want to wear, you know? I've kind of always been that way. So, in high school, uh, my friends listened to punk rock bands that grew up in punk rock ethic. Some of them dressed the punk rock way. I dressed like a prep, which I probably should be a little ashamed of. Not, I don't even know if this company exists anymore. The Beauty Baggies, Button Up Oxfords. <laughs> um, Beady if they want to sponsor this podcast if they still are around we can talk oh, and at the time Sebago's were the way to go and, uh, yeah, no I feel like you're making stuff up right now you know now. what tree torns are no? those were shoes uh, yes, they Sebago's were like 5th grade um, they're so comfortable I think they still exist but nobody wears them everyone had them and they were so comfortable. Remember when Zips came out? When we were kids, when Zips came out. And Zips the big Z. Put shit in there. Yeah. Well, and Ruse, like Ruse. I do remember Ruse. Oh, I yeah, do remember kids. Ruse. I never wore Kids. Kids and Stride. You guys grew up in a different place. We wore Nikes. Uh, Fila's were hot for a little bit. Reebok was never really that cool where I was from. Like, nobody wore Reeboks. LA Gear and Reebok came out about the same time. LA Gear was okay, but I think it's just because it said LA in it. But yeah, they were not have cool the, for that long. Have the ones that had the pump on the tongue? Uh, one pair. <laughs> one pair. Yes, one pair. Uh, society's biggest fashion faux pas. I never understood the tracksuits. Never quite got it. Because you're not uh, European. Yeah. No, yeah. like rappers wore them. You know, they'd wear like the, <laughs> well, like the, the velvet tracksuits with like a big hat, you know, and like a, a chain. And I was like, I get it. You know, like, I don't understand. You ain't working out, you know? You're like walking around in a Bentley, you know? Like, I don't get it. So, right. tracksuits didn't make any sense. 80s big hair, too. I was like, that is not attractive. Like, 
You had six inches of hair on top of your head covered in hairspray that doesn't see, move when there's a hurricane gale right. force wind. For me, see, I think that it's the grandchild of the tracksuit now where everybody has to wear basketball shorts, like, you know, three pairs on. And, um, like, the the a, a, a shirts, and I believe they're also called the white Oh, yeah. Wife and stuff like that. And you'll see those out everywhere all the time. And I'm just like, dude, that, yep. You're wearing shorts of a game you can't play. True. True. <laughs> underwear. True. Yeah. Like a white beater is underwear, technically. Oh, and you're yeah, generally. And, and that's that's so prevalent. And your man tits are hanging out of your white beater. Yeah. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Like I can that's see it. your nipples. I, I will also and say And my penis has on, retreated. One time I was out running and um, we were running along uh, it was a highway. So it was in a big uh, emergency lane. And we had to run actually out in the road because a dude was being pulled over and arrested. But he was wearing two different types of camo, and that really bothered yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> it really bothered me. You could, like, see him in certain situations from the waist up, <laughs> other situations from the waist down. So, yeah. So, I'd say camo is awesome. It ties with that basketball shorts and okay. white beaver. Okay. Well, I've got a, a faux pas that actually will segue nicely into my second topic. Nice. One of the faux pas... Um, so the yoga pants and the leggings mm-hmm. and all that are in, um, there needs to be a committee that approves if it's okay for you to wear that or not. My problem is that, um, some people apparently buy them in the toddler section <laughs> and don't realize when you stretch fabric that far, um, it becomes very see-through mm-hmm. and I don't like having to explain to small children what they're seeing. <laughs> And that they shouldn't look and gawk and think. So I've already made fun of men for what they wear, so I feel at liberty to make fun of women for what they wear. And I will say, I'm good with the yoga pants because I don't want to see you wearing cut-off blue jean shorts with your nasty, cellulite-covered ass hanging out of them. So the yoga pants, to me, are actually kind of an upgrade. Okay. So, see, well, and I walked into a coffee shop, and you know the little jumpers? That go oh, rompers. ridiculous. Rompers. Rompers. So ridiculous. All right, here's my problem with those. Um, like, why would you want to get naked in public to pee? That's fair. That's my first problem. The second, I did. I want to get naked in public to pee. It's just not acceptable. <laughs> Neil pulls down his pants on both there, sides when he pees in a urinal and his taint. Totally. Oh, yeah, taint does. <laughs> Say that again. Taint. Uh, taint pulls down both sides of his pants when he goes to pee in public. Yes. He's the dude you walk in and see his ass at the urinal, like a four-year-old. There, right. There is a dude that does that and every time I walk in I I have to start laughing and then I have to start going back and he hasn't figured that I'm the person laughing uh, and like one day he came up and he was like there's some asshole keep walking in there and laughing what a jerk well I'm just trying to take a piss so my thing is like I don't have very many like oh that's gross things but like I don't like my clothes touching the bathroom floor particularly in public so if you like have a romper or a jumper on, like you gotta pull that down, like yeah, basically, okay. you know. So there's a possibility, you know, your clothes are like in somebody else's piss. Yeah. Well, and I think, I, and it's a girl. But if you're a woman, I there's not. Know. Men, men use restrooms true, differently. True, we do, evidently. we do. But a bathroom is a bathroom, very little, you know. Yes. Very little, you know, and I'll I, like I'll shit anywhere. I don't care, you know. <laughs> I don't care. Not me. At anywhere. Home, bathroom, nobody anywhere. Home. I used to not be able to shit place. Now I'll shit wherever. Anyway, I don't care. I don't know. I don't care. Really. But like it, it is amazing how tight things would be if I'm in public. And like, oh, when I was on that medicine that you crap all the time. Like, 
that like those days I was sweating and hungry. <laughs> so yeah, I don't uh, I don't understand the rompers either. I really don't. You know, rompers, big hair, uh, tracksuits, corduroy pants. I don't understand that either. I tried that. It's not it's not good. It's not a thing. And then they're like pleated. Yeah, I don't get it. Pleats and pants. No. Oh, pleats are whack too. They like make you poof out. Yeah. Like you're always popping Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's like, a little like you always have a chuck. Yes, 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 totally, totally. Okay, well that segues into to mine. Okay, and along with like the social justice stuff, this kind of this dovetails nicely. When are we going to stop pretending that fat people are beautiful? See, I gotta go get you on that. Yeah, everybody, everybody's got somebody. This is true, but here's the thing. You know, I saw this. Like magazine cover. If I, one if time I don't go against you, there's no reason for me to think I'm beautiful. Hmm. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'll say it right now. I am not the skinniest person in the world today. I don't think that I look good this way. I have been skinnier, and I think I looked better. And we have this whole movement of like fat acceptance, and like, oh, you're beautiful, blah blah blah, no matter what. You're not. There's some object- objective truth to beauty. See, but then, you know, looking back, it's 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 also a society. What you know, I'm air quoting mm-hmm. societal norms, because mm-hmm. um, you know the Rubenesque woman. Mm-hmm. You know, you're familiar with that. That's like now we would call that person a cat. Right. You know, Marilyn Monroe was girl was almost, thick. Yeah, she was almost. Yeah, mm-hmm. she was thick. But compared to you know, what we perceive, like, you know, what is it? The, uh, I, I have a daughter who has friends who talk about having that gap. Mm-hmm. The thigh gap. Do you have to have a thigh gap or you're fat? And I'm like, well, get an H bandage, put one on each side, don't <laughs> constrict too much, and you're good. You know, it's the, but I, I think if we focus too much, I think. I think what bothers me about the question is it's focusing too much on outer and not enough on inner. Well, here's the thing. Beauty. You can be confident. You can be a worthwhile person with value. You just might not look that good. Mm. So I, I agree with shades of both arguments. Um, and this is going to sound a little weird, but it's like when people say pregnant people are are, are, are attractive or beautiful. I'm like, no, they're not. It looks like an alien's about to burst out of their right. stomach. I've not sexy. Fifteen years now. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, there's this one. Um, I I read this. It's been a while, so I don't know the details. But there's some like Instagram makeup influencer who is like deformed or disfigured or something like that. I don't know who she is, so I don't know the details of this. And it's, I guess, whatever her situation is, it's very sad. But she does these makeup tutorials, and she has a huge following, and people go in on this, like, oh, you're so beautiful. You're the... It's... Is she? Right. Are you really? Do you really mean that? Or are you just saying... See, I would say the problem there is an influencer. Mm-hmm. As, a, as opposed... Because that gets back to what we were talking about earlier, with authentic friendship. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, if you're not authentic, like I can't tell if you're being authentic if you're, you know, liking something on Facebook right. or Instagram or you know, following this thing or doing something. I can't can't tell that. So, 
for me, that's the disconnect you bring up. I guess my concern is that there are varying degrees of fat. You know what I mean? That that is very yeah. true. And like if you're if you're like pushing three fifty, there's no way you're attractive. No, you're I mean, not. I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't. I mean, I've had buddies who are like big old dudes. Yeah. And like, bro, it's not hot. Thanks. Thanks for not calling me out. Yeah. I do what I can. I do what I can. Um. But you know you can be you can be fluffy and be okay. You can be fluffy you know, and be you can okay. Be fluffy and bright, but like when I saw a magazine cover recently, that your girl was big, no. and it was a thing about how awesome she is for being fat. Like what? It's unhealthy, right? It, and I do believe there are certain genetic factors, there are societal factors, Definitely. there are addic- sugar. I believe is an absolutely addictive substance. Completely. That a lot of people struggle with. So I'm doing. I'm trying to get back on the keto wagon, but to make it easier, I'll take a day off and do a mm-hmm. carby and not worry about it. Yesterday was carby day. I felt horrible. All mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All I mean, it, read, read stuff that people eat that's even supposed to be healthy. Sugar has so many names, and they put it in food to keep you addicted to it because sure. they know. Yeah. I think the issue is like you can be fat and you can be confident and someone will find you attractive, but just because I don't doesn't mean that I hate you. That's right. And there is someone for everybody. Yeah. And there is somebody for everybody. I mean, like, look, you know, chicks outnumber us and somehow we still all got married and they're like, how the hell that happened? I don't know. There's pictures. My wife was drinking. Fair. Fair. And I think there is objective, you know, uh, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Sure. But if you take art, take music, for instance, like different types of music but it would be hard to find someone who would agree that a cat walking across the piano is as beautiful as an opera they both have same elements notes separated by time well you could take you could take the, the art argument there you know we consider picasso this great artist uh, because of what, you know the cubism and stuff mm-hmm. that's what he, de- he basically deconstructed figure mm-hmm. but then we also Look at you know Michelangelo's David is also perfect because of how he classes. Give me a good word for that. It's uh, <laughs> classicism. That's what my Marine degree taught me to do was to go to the source. Yeah. So he gave, gave a classical look of, of male perfection. See, and that's that's an example where I fall out of favor. I think with you know what pop culture or whatever has told us. I don't dig Picasso as much as I do like realist. Like I like for you to be able to paint what you see and do so in a you know in a good way. I don't hate Picasso. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I look at stuff he does and I'm like, ah, okay, I kind of get that. Well, there's an artist uh, called Pete Mondrian, and it's just squares that are yellow, I, red, I've and seen blue. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. And to me, not as beautiful as Monet. Right. Or Jackson Pollock. Like right. you, you drip some shit on a canvas, bro. Like yeah. you know. A little bit. I want to watch more. One, what they say about PETA is beautiful. It's like one of the first season episodes. But they did a chimpanzee getting finger paints and they put it up in a <laughs> And like the reaction people had was like one of my favorite shows. And another one they did wine. Uh, Some horse piss wine and you put it in a nice bottle. Yeah. And then another one was um, they, they created a of a winery and a water bar. And so the person would walk up and be like, and this is a, uh, a water bar. Is that a, a spring? A spring? Like, 
pretty big. Was it all tap water? So the the art analogy is good though. Uh, I do like that. Yeah. But I, I I like realist. I do paint paint what you see and do it in a in a good way, and I will be super impressed. Um, I admire the abstract painters, but it's just not my bag. Um, it, but you know, it, it all goes back to taste. I mean, I know dudes who who like big girls. You know? and I know dudes who like girls who are so skinny that I'm like, ugh. See, I don't, I don't like that either. I'm not I'm not saying that skinny is necessarily yeah. beautiful. I'm just saying we're getting to this place where we're trying to ex- to accept an unhealthy thing as being okay and good. I I, I, I think it's part like of a smoking. Like smoking. Well, I think it's part of a bigger narrative to accept everything for everyone, you know, to in, in some way to make it, I lost the word, but everything for everyone is acceptable. Oh, yes. And, and, it, and it is okay. You are, you are, you are living your best life, you know, right. no matter what you do or say, you know, you are living your best life. If, you know, you're 400 pounds and, you know, you're gender non-binary and you shave your head and, you know, tattoo your skull with a green flame. Carry on, bro. Yep. Can you get a job? No. no. You know, but but it's okay. Yeah. You're living your best life, you know, and I don't know. But part of all, I think all three of us have, part of us is like, fuck societal norms, you yeah. know? Yeah. Shove that up your ass. Yeah. Um, however, we all don't live our lives that way. You know? uh, not, not not to a degree. Yeah. That is Mitch, true. Mitch McConnell. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Because he is the devil. So, yeah, but it is an interesting question. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't particularly find fat people attractive. Uh, I don't. Same. I don't hate them for it. No, know? I don't hate I, them. I mean, this is America, so we all have obese friends, mm-hmm. you know, and like, it in no way determines my relationship with them. But I, I will agree, there are stereotypes that are hard not to have. It's hard to see the person on the scooter in the Walmart and not think they're lazy if you don't see an obvious. Right, right, right. It's hard. It's hard not yes, to see and just go. They're fat. They're Mine for me is dependent on age, though. You know, like if I see an old person who's real heavy who's on a scooter, I'm like, oh, you know, they they might have heart problems or something like that. Right, but your real age is my age. True, <laughs> true. Um, but Ben or my uh, my youngest son and I uh, were speaking the other day about somebody who was real heavy set, and he he didn't understand. He's like, why don't they just like play soccer, you know, or like run cross country? I'm like, because he's in the seventh grade and he weighs 250 pounds, you know. Like the kid yeah. plays basketball, but there's a genetic component to it, which there I is think a genetic. Tain alluded to earlier, you know. And I, I, I believe um, it has gotten to a coping thing for a lot of our society, and there is. I, I listened to this um, TED talk the other day. Hmm. It was about addiction and where most cultures think of it all wrong. <clears throat> There's a famous study back many decades ago. You put two rats in, or you put a rat in the cage with two different types of water. One's laced with cocaine, one's water. It chooses the cocaine every time. Right. This guy comes along, he says, but it's a rat in a cage. So he makes rat heaven. It is everything to stimulate a rat, and he puts a bunch of them in there. That include thing. Richard Gere's asshole. Yes. Yes. Although, wasn't that a was hamster? That a ha- yeah. It was a hamster. I thought it was a gerbil. Oh, well, somebody the same thing. A rat's cousin. <laughs> uh, and when they're in this environment where they thrive, 
they rarely choose the cocaine route. Hmm. So um, I think our society is now set up in a way that crushes your soul. Mm-hmm. And you find a way to cope. Right. And for a lot of people, that's food and sugar. Yeah. This totally, like, so I had a phone call from, uh, from one of my cousins the other day. We were just talking. Um, and one of the things we talked about was uh, he's way more conservative, like George Barker conservative mm-hmm. uh, than I am. And one of the things he said was, you know, he starts his Trumpian diatribe. You know, I, I listen to it now. Love him, man. Love him. But, you know, I don't read his Facebook posts. Right. You know what I'm saying? And um, I said, well, I think it goes deeper than that. I said, because everyone, because uh, one of the things he's, he's, he said is he, he intimated in a different different way, of course, that, you know, all the drug trade is coming from the Mexicans who are pumping the border. And, you know. And Wrong. Uh, all the. Uh, the blacks are all selling it, and you know, all this stuff. And I said, well, I think it goes deeper than that. One of the things that we lose track of in America is that all these other first world countries have just as bad a drug problem. Mm-hmm. And the third world countries have a drug problem, too. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not, do we have a second one? I don't, I don't know. What would be the second one? Um, but they, they have that, too. And I said, I think the problem is, I said, this is why I think that they're you know, some of the conspiracy theorists of, you know, there are these fiscal elite people Mm -hmm. controlling everyone. Get out there, because I totally believe we live in a corporatocracy. Mm -hmm. I do. Um, That that is their controlling factor, is that that it's easier to lift drugs on the street, lift pharmacies, lift liquor stores, numb us to trying to mm-hmm. to find it because you know it's Portugal it's, decriminalized all drugs and took all the money with that they were using for prosecution, policing, all that kind of stuff, and set up um, a system to help addicts regain their place in society, etc. And by every measure, they are doing much better than. So I'm afraid we're going to slip down a rabbit hole on this one. And I think that there are things that branch off of this one, like criminal justice reform. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do, do we need to table this one? I, I suggest, this, I suggest uh, we table. table. How about we use this as a teaser so that people turn into our next That's right. Because I have a lot of thoughts on criminal justice reform, and I have a lot of thoughts on drugs, and I have a lot of thoughts on uh, Dr. Chuck and I were talking while you were ha- having your prostate examined. Um, about like American way of life versus European way of life. And I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I'm sure you guys do too. Make a note of it. Uh, put that in the phone. Drugs and criminal justice. Yeah, and then uh, lifestyle. Lifestyle. Yeah, like those are really big topics. So, that, so how about that be our three serious topics? And then yeah. Next, yeah. next week we come yeah. up with, we'll just come in with their, their two. Yeah. One, I think um, being the ages we are relatively close to one another, um, and having put in, you know, quite a few years, <laughs> having put in quite a few years in our various careers, or in your case, um, starting a newer one, it's a, it's a particularly relevant topic is our lifestyle. Uh, uh, is it my turn? Am I the last? I think we've all done, we two. Two? I think I think I think done two. I think it's time for 
Bitch, please. Bitch, please. Who's got a bitch, please, to start us off today? I think Taint had a good one. He he put some good thought into this. I did. My, a lot of my stuff runs, it segues together. Have you ever been at a place where um, people who are completely unathletic, um, maybe overweight, but that's not necessarily the, the driving factor here? Being targeted. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been at a place where they feel the need to run? I play on a softball team. <laughs> I'm thinking airports. I'm thinking some kind of event where they're, where they're, yes, uh, they're at a um, kids youth sports kind of thing and they're late and they decide, fuck it, I'm going to run. They may not get any quicker than if they just power walked a little bit and they would look a lot less ridiculous. Like, no, know your limitations. Are you looking around for the as you see them going to the faster motion. Yes. And like, like, there's a lot going on, but you're not going very fast. <laughs> it's like that optical illusion of the circles in the circles. Yes. Circles and they're all moving in different directions. Yes. Know so. your limitations. Bitch, please. <laughs> when they're running, it looks like they're titty dramatic. <laughs> I'm talking about Fat Man, by the way. Sorry, ladies. <laughs> Dr. Chuck, what do you got? Okay, uh, so it's been a very political week for me. I'm really sorry about that because we all know I don't like to be serious. Uh, but the I have not shut down Twitter. Um, I pay attention to a lot on it more than I should. Uh, part of partly because there's stuff in my job that that gets keep brought up in, in politics and stuff. And the Jews do the political football, but um, so I. The fact that uh, the presidential and then a couple of the gubernatorial races, they're trying to become this one-issue race, and they keep on throwing out the dirty word abortion and and things like that. It's like, you know, bitch, please, get a backbone and try to run on some issues instead of trying to piss off uh, the two sides of, of, the argu- of the argument of the discussion. Grow a sack, say what you stand for, show what you stand for, do what you stand for, instead of being a big pussy. All right. Let's have okay. some principles. Yes. Okay. Well, and, and mine ties a little bit into uh, Dr. Chuck's a little bit, and I have to go back to this conversation that I had uh, on Friday. I was in the car, stuck with a, a 60-year-old uh, white male. Um, it, it just it bothered me so much. I need to know uh, more about the demographics. Does it, what's his income and- uh, he does not make enough money to vote Republican. <laughs> <laughs> I will put that out there. But like I said, the entire conversation was about uh, race and gender um, and basically about the superiority of white people. Uh, like at one point, I'm not making this up, it was said that, you know, uh, in 20 years, you know, uh, African-Americans and Hispanic people, and, you know, they're gonna be they're going to be running our country. And I think that'll be bad for our country because, you know, white people have done more good stuff. Bitch, please. Like, we've been in charge of the earth for, like, thousands of years. White males. And we have fucked it up. World War II, our fucking fault. Slavery. Slavery. Our fucking fault. The Holocaust. Our fucking fault. Nuclear bombs. Our fucking fault. The Crusades. The Crusades. The Crusades. 
our fucking fault. Like, I just don't understand the narrative. And so that is my bitch please of the week. Is I love that one of the Christian schools around here, their mascot is the Crusaders, and because it makes me laugh every time. <laughs> it's good for athletic events. We're going to come kill you yeah. unless yeah. you yeah. recognize that we're better than you. Yeah. So that is my bitch please, uh, is white superiority. And I won't get off on a tangent about white nationalism because we'll be here for another hour, We'll table that one, too. We'll table that one, too. I'm we'll very to proud of my Scandinavian heritage. As well you should be. You and you and Taint are the whitest people I know. I'm so, so which white, is funny I'm because trans- I'm Hispanic. That's true. That's true. So what? Translucent. <laughs> I'm Hispanic, right. but I'm actually from Asia. Uh, it's a uh, it's a thing. Yeah. It's a thing. In, in college, I had a very very rich, thorough uh, Egyptian and Amish heritage. Yes, which had and, no influence on the size of your penis, which is still and, small. No, it's it's very sandy and dusty down there. Ah, uh, okay. Baby um. White <laughs> nationalism. So I guess that's going to wrap up our second episode of See yeah, What I think Sticks. That is. What are, so are you doing the wrap up or do you want me to do that? You can do the wrap up. Did you type it out? Um, no. We're screwed. No. Yeah, <laughs> okay. Now for our 10 minute wrap up. First, we need <laughs> to pick a number. Okay. Tank, oh. pick a number. Um, Seven. Okay. 6.32. Oh, gosh, we were both so close. <laughs> it was 1,000. So, um, <laughs> I amused myself so badly. <laughs> so, once again, thank you for listening to See What Sticks. We hope that some of this stuck in your head and may stick in your conversations this week, and you may like us. Want to find some principal politicians? Oh, I'm pushing my agenda. I'll stop pushing my agenda. <laughs> we are so happy you listened to us. Look for us again uh, next week, or we I think we decided we're going bi-weekly. And uh, we're going to open up a Facebook page. Maybe we're not going to do a Twitter account because Taint's against his Twitter. Uh, I'm, just on a, I'm on a hiatus. He's on a hiatus. His, um, Twitter, his Twitter chafes when he uses it. Oh, yes. I totally understand Prop. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Change lotion. And you can't use shampoo. It dries it we out. Could do, we conditioner could do an, is really good. Conditioner is good. We yeah. could do an Insta. Smells good, too. Yeah. We could do an Insta, but there's really not a lot of stuff to take pictures of in Las Vegas. No. No. Oh, look, a blade of grass. Oh, now it's concrete. Um, so uh, we're, we're, we will find the social media platforms that we can find. So you find us, and you will find it. And once again, I'm, the judgment of looks of how many times I can say find you will help me know. Yes. <laughs> No. We're gonna have to give him a script. Yeah, <laughs> we're gonna write thank, it up. Thank you once again for for watching. <laughs> <laughs> so, what was in your tea? <laughs> just end it. Just end it. Just just say goodnight. Good night, Irene. Thank you for listening. See what's next. <laughs>